this the Krusty Krab? No, this is Hard Rock Lunch Box. Is this the Krusty Krab? No, this is Hard Rock Lunch Box. Is this the Krusty Krab? No, this is Hard Rock Lunch Box. I'm not a crusty crab. Ah, uh, what is up, everybody? Welcome to the Hard Rock Lunchbox, and of course, the top 20. If you're watching on Stranger Things TV, or if you're, even if you're not, uh, honestly, you can be welcome here anyway. It is uh, a beautiful, beautiful morning so far. Uh, October, a beautiful October 19th, 2023. I was on a consult the other day, and the Reminded me that it was like 10 weeks till Christmas, and I was like, you can just get the fuck out of here, because that's not, that's not, that's not accurate. I, uh, I am in a bit of a mood. I'm going to apologize for it now. I'm going to do my best to get through the show. Usually those shows end up being fine anyway. I just deal with a little, uh, little anxiety, although I am a little closer to figuring out what I think the cause might be. It might be time for some adjustments. My thyroid medication. I am not entirely sure, and I'm not an endocrinologist as far as I'm aware. I mean, I might be. Honestly, I don't even know what it takes. Uh, But, uh, yeah, uh, so I might be kind of at not the end of this anxiety thing. I mean, because, like, seriously, does it ever really end? Of course not. Um, But uh, I have been trying to figure some stuff out, and I think I might have, so that's good news for me, at least, and that might trickle down to being good news for you. Uh, I'm sorry for uh, being late again. Um, I don't know my Facebook password. (laughs) I... I am on it so little. I apparently logged out, and I have absolutely no idea what it is. So uh, I I have it on one computer, but not on the box computer, and I could not figure out how to log in. And then I remembered I could just log in as a guest. So if you join the chat at 99wnrr.com today, you will see me in as the host. Can't log in. That's that will be me. And I'll just try and figure things out as it goes. Maybe I'll log in. Maybe I'll even be super cool and be in twice. I mean, I don't know. Some people some people are in the chat three times, which is like, are you even? Like, thank you for your listenership uh, and being 30% <laughs> of said listenership. Okay. I, um, I started the uh, this past week's or yesterday's discussions and drinks. Um, just quickly, uh, <laughs> uh, Mikey and Jimmy, I guess we're in Miami. I, I don't know why. Maybe it's a conference or something. But uh, it was so funny. They were in Miami, and all they were talking about is like hot and sweaty they are. And the last time I was in Miami was in February, I don't know, ages ago, very pre-COVID. And uh, we left out of... We left out of ice slip and it was it was definitely February because I had like my winter jacket and got to Miami I want to say a little past midnight and I don't know if you've ever been hit with humidity like 
Like, it was just, and I'm not from a not-humid place. Anybody from Long Island is familiar with humidity. We just don't tend to have a lot of it in February. So I just remember walking out of Miami International Airport, and all of a sudden I was like, whoa. <laughs> it's just a wall of humidity. It's like if, it's like what I would imagine would be like walking through a waterfall, but there was no waterfall. So, welcome to Miami. I wish I could just say some cool Spanish, but like, Donde esta la biblioteca is about all I got. <laughs> all those years. I have three kids. All those years of Dora the Explorer, I barely picked up anything. Well, the only thing I really know for sure is who to ask for help, and we just don't know where to go. And that would be Google Map. <laughs> El Mapo de Google. De Google-o. But I don't, I don't know. I don't care. Uh, but anyway, so that was that was funny. I did um, go the week before, and I was listening to that discussions and drinks, and it was very funny to me because uh, it starts out if you don't, I mean, if you don't listen to Bacon is my podcast, I mean that's fine. But on Wednesdays, it's just Mike and Jimmy just talking shop or whatever, and um, Jimmy is talking about this mystery whiskey he found, and. It just reminded me of a very funny experience that I had with Jimmy years ago. And I've told this story on the box before, but it's funny enough that it bears repeating. So Jimmy, on this discussion, is talking about he doesn't know what this is. Like, it kind of looks and smells like whiskey, but he's, like, trying to figure out, like, if it's a, you know, if it's a, if it's a scotch, if it's, you know, he's like, it smells kind of Irish, but, like, it's probably not a bourbon. It's not thick enough. And, uh... You know, we've all done that. Like, I've, I've done that, especially with flasks. If you don't wash or clean your flask out, like, you're you're definitely in for some uh, interesting times. Like, not all flavors are good together. Like, you know, you can't mix all colors and not get brown. So that's not a race thing, by the way. Let's just, let's just be very clear. Anybody that's ever played in art class um, would know that. Um, my point is, is that you can't just mix all flavors of alcohol. It gets, it gets bad. Like, it's really... It's really gross. And it's not even like a chemical thing. Like, it's just, it tastes disgusting. So, uh, this was years, years ago. Like, I want to say like 10, 12 years ago, maybe. Uh, even flow is still a thing if that um, puts it into any perspective time wise. But um, we'd done a show, Craving and Rebel Night had done a show, and whoever else at, at Even Flow. And uh, Kaz, my guitar player, actually did a very nice thing, and he brought a flask of Jameson. It was probably like a Christmas show. Brought a flask of Jameson for for me and Jimmy. And it was like, or maybe it was just for me. I think it was for me and Jimmy. Just like as a, you know, a Christmas present, whatever. Uh, it was his flask or whatever, Kaz's flask. But it was like, you know, here's some, here's some whiskey. Thought you would like that. Now, that's fine. I mean, like, it was really, really nice. And, you know, Jimmy and I at the time would never have turned down... Uh, any sort of whiskey anyway but so we're standing at the back door where bands used to load in and out and so we're drinking we're drinking this so i take a sip and it suddenly becomes incredibly quickly apparent that this was not a pristine flask before he added jameson to it right like there's i know what jameson tastes like i know what most irish whiskey tastes like so there's a definite definite like okay it's like Something, there's another ingredient in here. So I take a sip and I hand it to Jimmy. I'm like, just so you know, something's wrong here. He takes a sip. He's like, oh, God, that's awful. So he gives it back to me and I take another sip. And I'm like, oh, it's really just terrible. And then it occurs to me, I'm like, you know, all Kaz really drinks is like Jaeger. 
I hand it back to Jimmy, and I was like, ah, it's probably his Jaeger flask, and he just put Jameson. So he takes another sip of it. He's like, ah, yeah, it's definitely it. And so he hands it back to me, and like, I take another sip. I'm like, yeah, it's kind of it. I'm like, this is just terrible. And I hand it back to Jimmy, and he takes another sip. He's like, yeah, I just, I don't want to do this anymore. <laughs> so he hands it back to me. I take another sip. I'm like, yeah, man, let's not do it anymore. So I hand it back to him. He takes one more sip. And then we go about our business. But yeah, you can't mess around when you're like mixing, you know, drinks or liquors and stuff like that, just because the tastes are terribly different. And Jimmy did say something funny, like uh, Mike had asked if it was like Sailor Jerry's, and he was like, "No, no, no. If it was rum, I would have just thrown it out." <laughs> ah, man, funny, funny. <laughs> By the way, that's Discussions and Drinks. If you want to check that out, it's on Stranger TV. That one I'm just referencing it was from two weeks ago. The one from yesterday is about Miami. Uh, they talk about burrito tacos, too. All kinds of other good stuff. Uh, full interview from Mondays with a story told. Check that out if you want. My um, guest hosting spot, I think, is coming up is it next Monday. It might be. Shit, I don't even know. It might be next Monday. I really I have no idea. It's either it's either the twenty third or the thirtieth. I just don't really remember. So um, I don't know. Look for me. If, if Jimmy looks a lot like me, then that's the episode. But that's on Stranger TV. Check it out. Also on Stranger TV, brand new episode of the Top Twenty, uh, disrespectful with a purpose, uh, where I talk about like all the stuff I'm having uh, fun with, uh, walking and all that other stuff. And you know, it's becoming coming pretty good thing for me. Um, I've been I've been really enjoying it. Like I said, like. It's been good for me health-wise, I think, uh, mentally and physically. Uh, it's not necessarily going to be like any sort of weight loss tool. I mean, like, I'm trending down, which is better than trending up, so that's great. But I don't really consider it sort of any, like, weight, like, not weight loss. Um, I really do. I need to, I need more time to do more work, and I just, I don't have it. I don't have the time, and I don't have the desire to do it, so who knows. We've got five more weeks of soccer season. It's about to actually kick into a little bit higher gear because practices are going to start, so my time's going to get even tighter, and then we'll be, like, sliding into the holidays and, like, just never, anything, never, nothing ever gets done around then. So I'm not I'm not super hopeful, but I am enjoying the walk in the meantime. And I am, like I said, I keep saying this every week, like, I'm getting to spend a lot more time with some of the podcasts. I know a lot of people are like, well, it's not really that big of a deal. I get to do that all the time, and it's like, I understand that. Um, but I don't. And and this is definitely a thing that I've had with other people, like discussing with other people in my life probably over like the past five or six years, including like, you know, my therapists and stuff like that, where, um, you know, you, you got to be able to make more time to do these other things. And it's like, I don't think any, like I would, I really, I think, I think I should literally have somebody to document and follow me for three days. And like not that it, not for the world like the world could get could care less and should care like shouldn't care less about what i do over the course of 3 days but like you know like they talk about like food journal and and i talk about this too like food journaling is super important there's a couple things that come out of food journaling for starters uh, excuse me there's a couple things that come out of food journaling that i think are important what is that sorry you ever have like a peppercorn like release from your teeth <laughs> It wasn't that. It was like a piece of granola. I had some granola before. You don't need to know that. It's not important. But, um, you know, food journaling is important because when you do it, you get a lot of information, right? Like, you, if you if you can accurate or even close to accurately, like, write down, like, what you're eating and when, 
all these apps these days will they'll tell you like your caloric intake. And again, <clears throat> take all these things with a grain of salt. A lot of it is about relativity, like, um, like for example, like, uh, like scales and thermometers are less than accurate these days because they're just made poorly, uh, and there's a lot of factors in them. Uh, another good example is like Fitbits, any sort of like, like any sort of anything that's tracking your health, like, you know what I mean? Like that just goes like on your wrist is kind of, is not accurate. Like, don't think that it is. It's definitely going to be wrong where there is value is when it's relative. So like, if you're doing like more steps from today, if you're doing more steps today than you did yesterday, that's a good thing. Like it's relative. It might not be 10,000 steps, but if it says more, it's still more because of the way it counts on your body. That that's important. So one of the things that's cool about about that um, food tra- uh, food journaling is that you can kind of track like your caloric intake. Uh, you can track your macros, which is super important um, because a lot of people get that way wrong, like proteins and carbohydrates and fat. And honestly, way wrong is probably not even the right word because it's what way wrong for you. Um, and what you get out of it is you, you can start piecing your puzzle together. Like if you're hungry all the time, like it might not just be that you're not eating enough calories. It might be you're not having enough fat. You know what I mean? Like so you can you can gather this information. Plus it sort of just tells you like, oh, my God, this is what I'm doing. This is what I'm eating. And for me, the thing that I've always found helpful about food journaling is it actually keeps me from eating stuff because I don't – I am – I keep saying that I'm lazy, and that's not entirely true. I don't have the time to write something down. Like, if I want to grab, like, a banana, like, cool. I can journal a banana. Like, that's super easy. But if I'm going to journal a banana, and, like, with peanut butter, like, how much peanut butter am I having? Like, I don't give a shit enough to have it, so I'm not going to have it because I don't want to write it down. Like, and that in itself is probably, like, a good diet plan, like the Lazy Man's Diet. So please look for that on Bookshelf soon, uh, written by yours truly. But... So you get a lot of information out of it. But what you really start to see is you start to see, like, these patterns and you see, like, where you can do better. And the reason I think it would be interesting to sort of document, like, what I do over the course of, say, 72 hours is because for all those people that are like, you should be able to do this and you can do this and you can do this, I could point to this sort of timeline and be like, where would you like me to do that? I do a lot of combining of stuff as it is. Um, You know, like, I'll try – I used to try and listen to podcasts, like, when I was driving home – from the studio, but a lot of times I kind of need that quiet or meditative space. But now I've even, since I don't listen to the news anymore, like that's when I'm kind of listening to the news and I'm trying to keep it kind of local so I can kind of see what's going on like in the world without going too deep into politics and stuff. Because like I can talk ad nauseum about politics because of the stuff that I read that comes in or the blurbs that I see, especially like what's going on in the House of Representatives right now, which is absolutely goddamn laughable. I mean, like seriously, the Republicans are just got to be like the biggest joke in the universe, as far as I'm concerned, like this, the, the fact that the moral majority would be putting up somebody that turned a blind eye to like sexual abuse allegations for years when he was assistant coaching at Ohio State, like is unbelievable. He's also an election denier. Like this dude wants to run the government, like I mean, or run Congress. Like he doesn't even believe it works cor- correctly. Like, and it was just so funny because even Jimmy Kimmel had said something like, "It's so funny that that like." You know, he knows that Jim Jordan is saying that he knows what the American people want when he's like one of the world's biggest election deniers. So he doesn't really care what the people want. He wants what he wants. And yet they're trying to 
you know, have him be Speaker of the House. I will say it was funny to me because he he, he lost 20 Republican votes on the first round, and then after trying to strong arm everybody, he lost 22 votes, which I think is the funniest goddamn part of that whole thing. Like, you're making your case and you lose an extra two votes. But I, anyway, that's neither here nor there. So I'm, so I'm like using my time to do that and my ride home. Like I'm trying to find out like what's happening in the stock market. Not that I care so much, but I do have my retirement that I need to worry about at some point. I mean, not right now, but like you know, maybe someday. Uh, weather is a big one. Traffic's kind of important sometimes on the way home because I've been burned a few times by work on the Southern State Parkway that they just don't even bother to tell you. So thank God for Kelly Dillon on 1010 Winds letting me know the, the what's going on on Long Island's Big Three. Thank you very much. Uh, that kind of stuff. So, so I don't even get to do that. And on the way there, I'm usually, I do my vocal warm-ups, which is about, you know, anywhere from 15 to 20 minutes. And that's fine. And then I'm usually re- rehearsing whatever we're going to be working on or listening to or evaluating what we're on a set so that when I walk into practice, I can say, this is what I want to work on. That kind of stuff. Um, but, like, you know, I haven't been on time for practice, and I don't even know how long, man. I just, I just, I can't. I cannot get out of work soon enough, and I can like I'm trying to grab something to eat without literally sh- like shoving stuff down my gullet while I'm running out the door, so I don't get like sick and like you know have heartburn because I gotta sing for four hours. You know what I mean? Like it's just <sighs> even just talking about my day is exhausting sometimes, and and with the my finding time to walk for like between 40 minutes to 60 minutes like I couldn't even do a full walk today because I had to get here that's not why I was late like I forgot my Facebook password that's why I was late in case you're just tuning in um but anyway um I don't think anyone cares about anything I just said uh and I doubt that they would care very much about anything I'm about to say so I'm just gonna stop talking about that and I wanted to say one particular thing because of with all the walking that I'm doing I am really digging the podcast that I'm listening to. Now, I have a bunch that I listen to, uh, but I was listening to, recently, uh, I was listening to Anthony Jeselnik, he's a comedian. If you don't know who he is, he's just like very deadpan, dark humor, with big twists. Like, he's one of my favorite comedians, uh, because I find his comedy so smart, and I mean that not in like an intelligent way, it's just very smart, like as in clever. And I just enjoy so much of that. And as I listen to him more and more, I'm appreciating how intelligent he is and how he works his career incredibly well. But what I found over the past week, I've listened to him now on two podcasts, back to back. I listened to him on Theo Vaughn, and now I'm listening to him on Two Bears with Tom Skirm. What I have found is he is able to identify so many similarities that I've experienced in music that he experiences in comedy. And I have to tell you, having such a good favorable opinion of him, like going into this and then finding out like he does a lot of the same things that I do, or I do a lot of the same things that he does was just like, Oh, that totally makes sense. I don't know if you guys have seen Loki at all, (laughs) but I, I could not recommend this series more. By the way, season two is now, streaming on Disney, but there's a scene in the first one where uh, <laughs> it keeps Loki of basically you know, fall. He, he basically falls for another version of himself from a different timeline and stuff like that, and it's like and they're like, of course, of course Loki you fell in love with yourself which is so funny but I can't, I could not recommend Loki enough, the series is just so great and the second season is just 
just as great as the first so far. Super psyched. And they're dropping episodes like every Wednesday or whatever. I don't, I don't even know. But they're they're up to, I think, the third. And I can't wait to watch the third one. But anyway, so as I realized this, I'm like, oh, <laughs> I really like this guy. I really like everything he has to say. And then I'm like listening more and more. I'm like, huh, he sees <laughs> He sees things exactly the way I do. So I'm just like totally falling for another version of myself. It's a huge insult to Anthony Jeselnik and a great compliment to myself. But he does talk about a couple things. He talks about the comedians that like just go to like comedy store, like the comedy store or the comedy cellar, and they just start working on an act. He says Chris Rock specifically will go up there for an hour and be like, oh, what else, what else, what else? And he was saying like how absolutely horrified he would be to do that. Like he does not take the stage unless he knows exactly what he's doing and everything is completely worked out. He's not interested in trying a joke out on people. I mean, like, he's got material that he will work out before he does a special because it'll either work or it won't. And then, you know, like, he says that, like, the audience will let him know, but he's not going to go up there and write a joke, like, on the spot. Like, he's not comfortable doing that. And, you know, just from a music perspective, you don't see me hop up on stage with bands. Ever. Like, it just doesn't it doesn't happen. Uh, if I'm ever on stage with a band, it's been pre-planned for weeks, probably months, and I know exactly what I'm doing. Every time you've seen me step on stage to play guitar with somebody, I've rehearsed. Every time you've seen me step on stage to do sing a duet with somebody, I'm well rehearsed. Because I am so unsure of what it is that I can bring to the table in a sort of an improv way that I just wouldn't do that. I wouldn't do that to you as the listener, and I certainly wouldn't do it to me for the embarrassment sake of it. I don't have that level of confidence and it's always so funny in the juxtaposition with somebody like jimmy who has so much talent and is so comfortable in it that he'll just jump up on stage and do whatever because he doesn't care because he knows there's only so far down that dude can fall in terms of getting something wrong and jimmy's worst day is better than most people's best so that's the way to go i however do not have that confidence i started singing incredibly late in my career I am, I am getting better, in my opinion, every single day that I do it because I started so late. Like, so if I was like where I'm at now in my 20s or, or, you know, like mid 20s, like I would probably be pretty confident by the time I was in my, my mid to late 30s. But I just, I'm not, I'm not there. So I just, I don't do those kinds of things. And he also talks about like how, like, how important it is for him to present something great to the audience. Which I was like, that's literally what I've been trying to do my entire life. Like, I, I'm not looking to win people over, like, just because you want to be my friend. I mean, like, that's awesome. Like, you want to be my friend? Like, like, we can work that out, probably. I mean, unless you're an idiot, and I don't want to be your friend. But, like, we can, be, we can be casual. I mean, like, I've got people that I think are just hella big morons that we're friends with. I mean, like, that's... I can work it out if if it's worth it. I can I can certainly work it out. But like, I want people to see us uh, see our performance, and I want them to be like, "Holy shit, that band is good." That's what I want. That's what I want every single time. I don't want to ever give somebody an opportunity to be like, "Meh," you know. Except Tony, because that's what you know he always thinks of the band. <laughs> that's an holy <laughs> for years. Whenever we would ask Tony what he thought of his show, he'd be like, eh. And we started sending that meme of uh, Gru's mom from Despicable Me, where she's like, eh. And was, we should bring that back. <laughs> band, if you guys are listening, we got to throw that back in the band jack, because that was so Tony. It was great. We ought to make shirts like that. Screw the copyrights. It's fine. Like, we'll just, just Tony, but it'll be like Gru's mom. <laughs> really Kaz, get on that. Get on that, man, man. My man. Get on that. 
end this why don't we end the top 20 we'll get into some music i'll figure out if there's anything else worth saying probably not but uh, i mean why would that make it any different than any other week just trying to get out there and <laughs> enjoy what i possibly can of life for as long as i'm left to do it uh, despite what rise against has to say hard rock lunch box Ah, time to go some very old to some very new. It's brand new from Bear Tooth of the box. Hard Rock Lunch Box. You know, I think what I like most about that particular song from uh, from Thornhill is the fact that, like, I love Nurture from Thornhill. I was saying this last week. It's probably one of my 20 favorite songs that I play on the box for sure. It's a much heavier song, and this is just, like, has more theater in it. And it's like... Yeah, I really like two completely different songs from the same band. Like, that to me is awesome and totally like what I shoot for, uh, you know, in, in my in my musical writing, in my musical career. It's, it's always been a funny thing, like, when you're trying to write a record and, like, I've had songs cut off of records. Like, that just doesn't fit with the rest of the songs. Like, okay, but, like, you know, why does that matter, right? Like, <laughs> you know, and I understand now as, like, kind of on the business side of thing, like, why it matters. But also, as I understand it now, it's also less important now because nobody really gives a shit about records anymore. Like, you know, it's very few people are sitting there listening to a record from end to end. Like, one of the best compliments I was given uh, with the last record, Do No Harm, is that lots of people were front to back on that record. Like, just every single part of the story. Which is great. Like, you know, I really I really like that. I mean, especially because they're all the, the a pool of the same sort of mood and inspiration and situation and, and, and time of life and stuff like that. I mean, it wasn't quite a story like the Razorblade Diaries was, but, like, that's cool. I mean, more lot, lot of people. But the Razorblade Diaries was also 11, 12 years, 12 years ago. So, like, it was a much different. People were still buying, you know, tapes, CDs, and, well, not tapes, but, like, CDs and records and stuff like that. People were buying that. So it was much more common for somebody to listen to a CD back, back to front. Like, now it's just, like, all about... Um, all about singles and stuff like that, which is actually why we adopted this model. I mean, you know, it's not it's definitely not something new. Like, you know, a lot of other bands are doing it as well. Craving certainly did it. Something Heavy is doing it. Uh, you know, but we're just probably not doing records anymore. And it's funny, too. Like, when I talk to, like, a couple of purists every now and then, they're like, come on, man, you got to do a record. You, you just got to make a record. And it's like, why? Why do I like Rebel 9 itself has three records. I personally have made about 10 records. Like, I'm I've done records. Like, I'm. I'm pretty good on it. Like, truth be told, I'm probably going to release The Razorblade Diaries live as a record because I don't see why I wouldn't. It is a collection of something. But, like, am I going to press it? I really doubt it, man. Unless it, like, goes to, like, 100,000 plays, I can't imagine doing a vinyl of it. It's just not worth it. You know, people have to. People would have to pre-order a vinyl before, and like I'd like I'd have to do it like a Kickstarter or a GoFundMe. Like, if I get to this many, yeah, okay, I'll order it if people want it. But I just... I don't know. Like, honestly, we're going to start working on that in the next month. Oh, by the way, an important Rebel 9 news. Hold on, hold on. With the approval of the last two masters of Aaliyah and uh, Inside, we are officially done with our first batch of new music. Uh, done recording. Uh, all the deliverables, deliverables have been made. So we have four new songs, including Side Out. Uh, as I mentioned last week, the new one, Into the Afternoon, will be out November... 17th. 
Uh, so I'll be reminding everybody as we get closer to that. I am looking for a way to maybe preview the song ahead of next Friday's show at Mr. Beery's, but I'll have to let you know next week. I'm not entirely sure I'll be able to pull it off, but you never know. You really never know. Uh, but yeah, so that's cool. That's done. But like now we have singles, and I will say that all these songs are very different from each other. I mean, you could argue that Side Out and Inside are kind of close, but like not really. But they're the closest of the batch. Like Into the Afternoon, I have absolutely no idea how that's gonna that's gonna come across. I will say, in full disclosure and full honesty, it was not my pick. Uh, in fact, I was against it because uh, I just didn't think it was the right thing to do. But I also was very aware and very cognizant of the fact that I wanted to step out of that production sort of that producer's chair. I don't I don't want to do it anymore. Uh, I don't mind having you know say on what the songs are and what they're about and how they're supposed to be be across. And I and I have very good opinions on like what I want to hear. I have a very good uh, ear for uh, what I think Rebel Nine should sound like. But in terms of what songs are going to react with people, I don't know. Uh, it's I don't want to do it anymore. So it was kind of nice to like just sort of step out, like all right, let's see what happens. And I was super pleasantly surprised with how Into the Afternoon came out. I know the other three members of the band all wanted it. Uh, I was the holdout, but Caggiano also wanted it. So I was like, all right, let's see what you guys think is going to happen. And like I said, I'm super proud of the way it came out, which is why it's going to be the second release. Um, and again, that's going to be November 17th. But it is a huge departure, in my opinion, from everything else Rebel 9. So you guys will have to let me know on November 18th. <laughs> We're also going to be playing it live next Friday. So we played it once or twice live already. So some, uh, you know, some OG fans have definitely heard it. But like, I'll make sure you guys know it. That we're about to play it when we do it at Beery's, and you guys can let me know what you think, of course, afterwards. In other new music news, I was super, super duper, super duper pooper excited to see that Alkaline Trio had released a new song. I wasn't sure that the band was going to continue. They said they were going to, but I wasn't actually sure that they were. Um, but it seems like now that Matt Skiba is out of Blink-182, because Tom has returned, I guess he's got time to do it, which totally makes sense. I was also super psyched that it was super, super good. One of my favorite bands, probably of all time, consistently good. Like, even when they're bad, they're good. Like, which is just... In fact, one of my favorite... Uh, my... Um, yeah, it's not important. Uh, <laughs> just one of my favorite songs from them is just uh, Matt and an acoustic guitar in a horribly gravelly voice. It sounds like way hungover. It just sounds awful. And it's easily my favorite song from them. So it's like, even when they're bad, they're good. But this one is good. And because of that, they're also good. So it's a brand new Alkaline Trio on the box. Hard Rock Lunch Box. So last week I played the song called Hell from a band called Tidebringer, and I told you that I was, uh, I found it accidentally while I was uh, trolling through uh, Shreddy Kruger's um, Spotify page to see if they were releasing any new material, and then I saw that they were on this song called Hell, and I was digging that, but then I was listening to more and more of Tidebringer, and it sounds very similar, and I meant to go back and look to see if it was the same singer, or at least the same guys, because... It's got such a similar sound. Like, as far as I'm concerned, as a fan, I just picked up a whole other band. So, like, I'm super cool with that. But if it's, like, you know, the same, you know, <laughs> the same dude, like, in two different bands, like, all right, like, a Faith No More, Mr. Bungo kind of situation, like, well, that's okay. But, like, I just can't expect, you know, to have twice as much material. But, honestly, as a fan, I don't care. And here's the other song I found from Tidebringer. 
Figured I'd bring it to the box today. It's called Awaken the Hollow on the box. Hard Rock Lunch Box. All right, well, listen, as I've said many times on the show, I am a huge fan of bad lip reading. I think it is one of the funniest things I have ever seen in my life. Uh, it's such a great idea. Uh, I just, I don't know how well it's going to translate into audio only, but Mel has taken it upon herself to make sure that we all get to decide that together today in Mel's Musical Moment, where she's got bad lip reading. Seagull, stop it now. If you've got anywhere to be for three minutes and 11 seconds, now's the time. Hard Rock Lunch Box. Yeah, man, digging that new song from the Pink Spiders. Just checking in on the news here uh, while I was trying to log into Facebook, which I have successfully done, by the way, so I was able to change my cover photo to Q's new uh, work of genius, quite honestly. So, uh, and, and I think it's funny because only those who know will know. But the rest who don't know, they don't fucking know. So that'll make sense to nobody but like 20, 30 people, which for me is just fine. But uh, just checking out the news here, uh, if you haven't heard, the Associated Press is breaking within the past two hours that Sidney Powell, who was uh, Trump's like high-powered female attorney for a little while, and people were like, oh yeah, she would never lie about stuff like that because she's like got so much integrity. Sidney Powell pleads guilty in case over efforts to overturn Trump's Georgia loss and gets probation. First of all, that is incredibly generous that she only gets probation. I know she's been brought up on charges with the with the different bars of the different states, uh, the bar association, to actually lose her license. I don't know, honestly, if that has actually happened, although I could probably see in the stories. Probably get blah, 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 blah. Powell, who was charged alongside Trump and 17 others with violating the state's anti-racketeering law. This is that big Georgia case, by the way. Entered the plea just the day before jury selection was set to start in her trial. I guess she didn't want to go to trial. Can't imagine why. She pleaded guilty to six misdemeanors, accusing her of conspiring to intentionally interfere with the performance of election duties. Uh, oh, man. She got a misdemeanor for clear, clear federal felonies. What? Crazy. As part of the deal, she will serve six years of probation, will be fined $6,000, and will have have to write an apology letter to Georgia and its residents. Dude, I cannot wait to read that letter, like, every day. She also agreed to testify truthfully against her co-defendants at future trials. Uh-oh. <laughs> Powell, 68, was initially charged with racketeering and six other counts as part of a wide-ranging scheme to keep the Republican president in power after he lost the 2020 election to Democrat Joe Biden. Biden. Prosecutors say she also participated in an unauthorized breach of elections equipment in a rural Georgia County elections office. Yeah, if you haven't been following any of that, that just happened within the past couple weeks. They had to turn over all the documents because apparently the Republicans broke into election machines. Dude, that is a federal felony. That's hard-ass time. I mean, yeah, in a white-collar facility. But still, man, oh, I can almost taste it. People are going to start turning on each other very soon. That's the greatest thing ever. Especially when you're not rooting for the guy that's in trouble. Ah, so good. Anywho, that's uh, your latest news update. Oh, I should have... Yeah, I totally screwed up. Should've, yeah, should have totally had that behind me the whole time. But I didn't. I screwed up. Because this show is always pro. It's always a no! Yep, that's fair. 
Anyway, Lincoln Park, one of the greatest bands of all time, am I right? Yeah, well, half of them, or half of the founders, rather, are still alive and still kicking. So it's really nice when I see Mike Shinoda throwing some new stuff out, because I always dug him and his stuff. And I brought some for you here on The Box. Hard Rock Lunch Box. What's that? Keep the heavy shit going? Yeah, right. Why not? Hard Rock Lunch Box. All right. So the song was sent in and I was given some serious consideration as to whether or not to even play it. It's it's just a little sad, but it's it's very pretty. I mean, it's, it's just a beautiful song. And then I was actually trying to figure out if I wanted to play the Spill Canvas version or the original Noah Gunderson version of this song called Robin Williams, which is just, it's a very pretty song. It's very heady. It's reflective and all that other stuff. But I honestly think that I, I feel like the Spill Canvas did it just a little bit better. And there's only, there's only one particular part that does it for me. Otherwise, it's very similar throughout the entire thing. Even the affect with which they sing it is similar. But there's a little bit of a push a little bit of a bigger push into the harmonies in the Spill Canvas version in a couple of places. And I just, that's the part that gave me the goosebumps. So maybe it will for you too. But I will tell you this, if you're not feeling terribly good or terribly stable, this is not the song for you. Come back in about three and a half minutes and I'll take care of you. Hard Rock Lunch Box. Uh, some classic ass Metallica for you. For some reason, whenever I scroll through my list of songs here, sometimes I come across songs and it's just like, dude, I swore I was going to play that song every single day for the rest of my life. And then one week I just stopped playing it. Well, for this particular song, that ends now and then starts again next week. Hard Rock Lunch Box. I'll be honest, <laughs> your host is fading fast here, ladies and gentlemen, doing my best to keep it together, but I don't know, maybe I will, maybe I won't, who really cares? I do know that in a week and a day, we'll be back at Beery's for what is shaping up to be Rebel Nine's last show of the year, I guess, unless something comes through and something else, I don't I just looks like that's what it's going to be uh but so yeah man you might want to come check us out but also on the bill for the first time ever with us it's a band called the misfit saints most of those guys used to be in a band called midnight mob maybe you've heard of them but just as a reminder on the saints here's postcards from nowhere
postcards, babe. Keep sending me postcards, babe. Keep sending me. sound means we're almost out of here but it also means time for your weekly craving of the week uh and you might not have put this together but craving strange is actually not playing with us on friday night uh at mr barry's not tomorrow but a week from tomorrow neither is something heavy a band called bacon is my passion will be that is the bastard love child of both of those bands plus some sprinkling of other craving and some neon skyline apparently we'll be playing some more of that next week but for now we return back to your weekly craving the week with of course creating strange and if you mean what you say you'll totally appreciate this song otherwise it's just four minutes you won't get back Waiting in line for the right time It never seems to come Watching the lights, looking for landslides Buried under waiting for some Someone to break these walls, negate these falls Can you just save my life? Give it a try and me watch the sun Waiting for signs is a lifetime Of getting up the courage to jump Closing your eyes, dropping a lifeline I hope someone is pulling me up Someone who breaks these falls and makes me strong
I can't thank you all enough for hanging out a little bit today and listening to Hard Rock Lunchbox. I'm going to go get a shot of espresso, something to eat, and I'm going to pee. Hopefully not all at the same time, but I'm not ruling it out because I am not that kind of guy. I I can be trash if I need to, and that's cool, uh, but this is not hopefully going to be one of those times. So have yourself a great weekend. Saturday looks like it's going to be a real shit show, but Sunday's going to be nice, and I know that because I'm going to be on the soccer field, hopefully kicking the shit out of Elwood. I mean, not me personally, but, you know, the army I march into battle with. And then I'll let you know how that goes next week. Now, next week, that's going to be important because we've all got to be somewhere on Friday, if you know what I mean. But for now, have yourself a great week. Let's see what we could get here to put a little bit of a smile on your face a little bit of ants in your pants and dancing in your shoes and i'm just gonna shut up before i ruin it thanks everybody see you next week on the box hard rock lunch box